Anyway, um, everyone, say hello to Florian. The Sunday Skypers. I, I guess the initial obligatory question is, is everyone actually on board with going back to the frozen, stinking hellhole? And in the case of Florian, going there the first time. Well, it does I, seem I'm to good. be inevitable. <laughs> I'm good with it so long as I get a small recap of what happened because I haven't played Kale in a while. Yes, that would be really useful. Don't really, I'm not really sure that I um, grasped the whole setting, so you might have to uh, answer a few questions before I'm really ready absolutely, to go. Absolutely. I'm also going to give you two maps that um, I gave the players previously. Uh, first, the, the uh, delightful black and white map in Swedish which simply shows, like, the islands of the empire and the polar colony. The distances are wrong, right? The sizes, the relative sizes of the islands are wrong, so don't get hung up on that. This is the first map. Just to show you, like, where in relation to each other these things are, roughly. And then I gave a specific um, polar colony map to Dirk's character, Mark Lynn. Uh, so you can see the, the extent of this great big glacier that is everywhere and, and uh, sort of coastal settlements. So last time when we played with uh, Ari, Dirk, and Todd, two of you, Ari's character, uh, Kelden, who's a young noble on a quest for revenge and saving his um, his lover. Um, we still haven't found. We still haven't found, no. Cast in with, with Hunlo, uh, who's looking for some kind of treasure, an artifact of some kind, hinted at by his colleague i i hesitate to say friend i don't know why that may just be my view of how i don't know maybe he was your buddy we've worked together so anyway they cast in with uh marklin who um well behind the scenes murdered uh this um this um Saul character who um set things up for hanlo uh in order to get hold of um well leads to treasure and the leads pointed to uh potentially a a um a temple where these uh, native ice druids who, you know, worship cold and uh, the the great white glacier, if you look at the map, uh, where, where they have their little, like, off-town temple. They enlisted the aid of uh, the last ice druidess, and she enlisted the aid of them in order to investigate what had possibly happened since she had no, she'd had no communication with the temple in far too long. She was supposed to be cycled out of the town temple in Arhem, which is the, if you look at the map, it's the it's in a, a corner to the left, and there's like this yellow portion of a of a fjord or river, uh, or an inlet, which is where the the outlet from the sulfur swamps is. Uh, that's where that is. It's it stinks. It's lovely. It's the main colony. And yeah, you, they went trudged on over to uh, the nearby mountain, which is called Bilatand, which is something like Axe Tooth or Blade Tooth, which is the nearest mountain. Mountain to the left of the the small word Komorda, which is the glacier, the name of the glacier. And you found the temple had been desecrated and attacked, and the uh, druids had been killed. And you found a a member of a crazy cult called Followers of Shoggle, or possibly Shogolites, who had uh, well, it was in the process of doing something with one of the corpses of the the priests uh, or the druids. Uh, and had raised a servant, presumably, um, who attacked Kale and um, was was put down by Marklin. Marklin also put down the um, the fleeing uh, cultist, revealing this cultist to be one of these followers of Shago. And uh, you made a first initial like sweep of the low temple building 
a small temple building. Didn't find any survivors or any living people, at least not so far. It's cold, but it's not super snowy. If you have a lot of low clouds, uh, it's dusk. You're on the slopes of this like a volcanic mountain that's sticking up out of the um, out of the ice sheet. The temple building, if you remember, is is this like low single uh, story building that's built against the the mountain. So one of its walls is actually the mountain itself. Uh, it's made of stone. It has two small windows. It has some cramped spaces where you can sleep, where you can store things, a kitchen, uh, and it has a an adjoining sauna which is. Uh, fed by a um, like hot spring and the equivalent of a chapel where you have a a, a mountain spring that, that uh, wells out of the mountain side right out of the mountain wall pours down into a pool which has a hole in the middle so it, uh, the water keeps draining so it's always at the same level surface and it's all hung with like these thin sheer bluish uh, pieces of cloth so as so as to imitate uh, northern lights and so forth it's it's kind of peaceful and delightful except of course for the fact that everyone here is murdered and Details. you went through all of this stuff the last thing that happened last time is uh above one of the corpses this apparition appeared this ghostly image one of the one of the druidesses uh appeared to you and bade you to find something so she said something to the two oh actually she said exactly this hearken the novice Melobin sold us to the green men from the north, and by that I mean the um, uh, the Shogolites, whom you you know we revealed, or it was revealed at least to um, Markland that uh, they were kind of weird and and wrong and twisted and green beneath their masks and hoods. And um, the image I have here in in Skype is an image from the box art, uh, and is a rep- representation of what they look like with their masks and hoods and you know gloves and stuff. But beneath the mask, you, you realize that, uh, you know, his eyes were all like opaque red. He didn't have a nose. Uh, he didn't have lips. Uh, his teeth were all like one row, straight row, two straight rows of enamel. Like it was all thin and leathery and raw. So anyway, uh, the novice Melovin sold us to the green man from the north. In the dark of night, his knife slithered like the snake over sleeping skin. You must revenge us. But first, bear the high one's head to safe haven. Follow the stream of Domona to, from crypt to dragon's mouth, where Twain's sun wheels are turned. This I beg you, Commorda's will be done. And then she faded. That's the last thing we we did or or like covered last time. So that is where our you know three brave brave adventurers are at the pre- at the present with um uh with the last surviving druidess. And I don't know wh- how you would like to start. Would you like to start? with like kind of orient orientating yourselves uh, or should we like figure out where Florian's character figures into into this first Florian all right yeah. Florian yes the concept i you know tossed out for you is that of a peasant conscript right we're talking about a simple person from from a peasant culture who's been conscripted to go and be a soldier somewhere and you ended up on the frozen frontier <laughs> sulfur stinking frozen frontier and you're, you're kind of at the mercy of your commander, the political and ambassadorial like allies of, of your commanders and the elements, of course. But you seem to have decided to play a jovial sword, so I'm sure that doesn't bother you too much. No, not really. <laughs> I think the first thing we should do is ask you a little about your skills, because I gave you a bunch of skills, but I didn't give you any skill levels. And I thought I would ask you what you would prefer to be good at and less good at. Um, if you have your character in front of you, 
and look at the skills. I would like you to pick two skills that you are best at. The two best things, two things you're best at. Don't want to metagame too much, but <laughs> I don't want to pick. Metagaming is fine. I, I don't care. <laughs> okay, okay. Just, you know, pick okay. whatever you think is, is fun. Uh, I'd say uh, ridiculous request-wise <laughs> sounds really That's what fun. you're best at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at making stuff, making hard stuff easy and easy stuff, uh, hard stuff possible. <laughs> Impossible stuff, hard and hard stuff, easy sometimes. And uh, quarter phone as my second. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, you can write down a capital B for, uh, so B for after each of those. So Cordophone and Ridiculous request-wise, what two skills are you next best at? Let's say uh, tracking and foraging. And the rest, th those are going to be B3, and all the rest are going to be B2s. And like I explained, the Cordophone is a sort of uh, fusion of a mandolin and a violin. You you kind of strum or pluck the three lower strings, and then there are uh, there's a set of, of separate like violin strings above that that you play with a with a bow. It's a, it's a nice rhythm instrument, very popular among peasants and minstrels and minstrels too. So you got one of those. It gave you a halberd, although you don't have the halberd skill. So it's more like you know you're a soldier mm -hmm. and a conscript. So well, a conscript not so much as a soldier. So, you know, you, you have some stuff, what's the word, requisitioned for you or, or given to you because you're a conscript. Uh, and a halberd is one such thing. You also have a hunting bow, so, you, you know, in a pinch, you can maybe hunt rabbits, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> the pointy yeah. end goes towards the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> you also have some traveling gear, and, and by that, I mean, you know, the usual stuff, uh, thick cloak, uh, thick, thick clothes, rope lantern, if you want that, uh, flint steel, And in this case, you probably also have skis and skiing poles, since we're up on the frozen, frozen frontier. So it's, it's getting into the autumn and winter months now. So things are, you know, temperatures are beginning to dip. And the easiest way to get across the glacier, the central glacier, is either by ski or by dog sleigh. Uh, and somebody, somebody went and bought all the dogs in town just recently. So you're stuck with skis. So let's go over your beliefs real quick. So my, the first one I wrote down is, I owe my life to Malik Mangus, the Shogolite ambassador to Arham. Uh, and he's this uh, ambassador to the warden in Arham, uh, the main colony. And because, you know, I'm not going to tell you how he saved your life. I'm going to, or how he owes you, how you owe him your life. We, we can leave that a little open or you can like think about that if you want. Anyway, that means that he's, he's asked you to help investigate these two newcomers, this, this like, uncomfortably staring individual and a young noble who who were cast in with with um, uh, this guide and this uh, ice druid priestess to just see if what they're doing here is of any like threat to the shogolites or the the, the shogol followers also the warden's wife of course wants to uh, you know she heard about this young noble and wants of course this noble to come back and have supper at the fort you know all that noble stuff which is important and of course since you are um, duty bound Or, or oath-bound to, to obey your commanders and, and lords and ladies. There's just nothing else for it. Um, you're just going to have to track him down. Luckily, he's the same person, one of the same people that Marklin and the Druid Priestess the Druidess, uh, went away with. So it's all in the same direction. Uh, and then you wrote a belief about legends aren't just born, they are raised. And by that, I presume you mean raised by other people? Every legend has some sort of truth and some sort of fiction and and uh, embellishment in it mm -hmm. 
and he sees it himself as some sort of not really bard, but he really likes singing and trying to write songs and has this dream of being the one, the first to tell some sort of epic tale that he. Oh, witnessed. I see. Now I'm, now I follow. Okay, cool. And if his life is boring and he maybe can instigate something epic by pushing the right people in the right direction, that's what he's gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That, those are your, oh, okay. So there, if there's an opportunity to instigate something epic, it's, it's your destiny to do so. Okay, cool. Uh, it's interesting that you, you're good at playing the chordophone, but not as good as sing at singing. So that's going to be interesting. That's um, probably the reason, uh, why uh, I was the ambassador had to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can decide for yourself why this guy is called the Rumbler. I have my theory, and that is that the people from your native island have a tendency to, well, they have a great long-standing tradition of making music with their assholes. Um, it's it's according to their sort of philosophy that you shouldn't take life too seriously. So so that fits in with your jovial nature and your rustic and easygoingness. But I mean, if you if if you just have thunderous burps or something, or or it's it's a by name for your singing, quote unquote. That's that's up to you. Or if that doesn't work, then there's always Mongolian throat singing. Oh, <laughs> I think you'd have to be a little better at singing for that. <laughs> oh, uh, right. You have a reputation, of course, that uh, among among these people of the north, that you're one of those groups from Safina who's you know, disgustingly jovial and easygoing. Oh, uh, Arta is like uh, fate points, bennies, um, all those like uh, little points that you spend to change your fortunes. I'm going to get into how we use them once we get going. We just start with two fate points and one persona point. I've got way more than that. Nope. nope, nope. But you can have a chance to earn them. Not that you'll be able to use them, but, you know, still. All right. So I think that's that covers that character. I think we're going to pick up where you are skiing across the glacier um, with this mountain biletand or axe tooth um, in front of you. Uh, you've been following the snow, the, the, the dog sleigh tracks of, of these people that you're hunting or, or, or investigating slash hunting for, for about two days. There was a period of like a snowstorm, but you managed to avoid the worst of it. And now it's just, you know, like the image, the recent image, right? The, there's just, you know, low clouds, uh, this dark mountain poking up out of the ice. Um, there's probably more snow since there was a blizzard, but that's neither here nor there. You can see this giant flying lizard alighting from the top of this um, mountain as you approach and fly off to um, what you think is um, a sort of southwest, uh, southeast, my apologies. So it's not something that would be visible from the north face of uh, the mountain where this temple is, but you notice it right away, like when you when you approach. You have maybe half an hour left uh, before you reach the path that goes up the mountain to the temple. Does it look like there's another path uh, from the temple down the mountain, or is this the only path that? Uh, the, the, the temple is on the north side, and you're approaching it from the from the southwest. So you're gonna have to. Uh, ski around and find the path. Well, have to. That's what I say. But um, I, I'm sure if if you're the adventurous type, you could attempt to climb the mountain from your side and then sort of approach the temple from 
the mountainside, but that would take longer, right? And it will be risky. And if you fall, you might actually crush your poor cordophone, which would be bad. So my idea would be to uh, follow those tracks until they lead to a road where I know they um, will have to come back at one point, like a one-way lane, <laughs> so that I not necessarily have to follow them until the end, but just maybe can wait and set up a little camp and wait for them to come back. All right, so I cool. don't have to climb out uh, the mountain myself. So the sun is almost gone when you approach this uh, this path. And you realize pretty early that when you're skiing toward it, that, that the path isn't terribly long. Like you can see this like low rectangle of, of gray building up on the up on the slope and the and the path the sort of zigzag path that goes up to it pretty easily uh, and you can see steam rising up from from where well where I previously already told you there was a there was a sauna but uh, from a natural hot spring but yeah you can see sort of steam rising from it at the bottom here there's um, or kind of halfway up you see the dogs and the sleigh. Uh, but no people. Don't think that somebody would uh, abandon their sled halfway up. So I'll scythe and uh, wrap up my cordophone uh, again and begin uh, <laughs> climbing, uh, well, following the way up to the sled. All right. Do you go only as far as the sled? Yeah, or I'll sled? try yeah. to um, investigate and see if there's looks like there has been a fight or has somebody had an accident. Once you, once you approach you, the you know the dogs turn around and acknowledge you. You know they they begin to make some noises, but nothing you know particularly threatening. Um, it appears that they have been tied down. It, it looks like somebody stopped the sleigh here with a purpose. It, it's not. It doesn't appear like um, anyone was attacked or anything like that. Somebody left the sleigh here on purpose and the dogs here on purpose and proceeded upward, presumably to to the temple. Right, so I'm gonna follow the footsteps uh, up to the temple. All right. What you see when you approach the temple is, first of all, a low, like, uh, waist-high wall out of piled stones with a, a, an opening for you to sort of pass by, pass through. Uh, to the left side of this opening, there is a statue uh, that used to depict, you know, a robed man, uh, but this figure's head has been removed. You don't see it anywhere, and it's been smeared or uh, spattered with maybe blood, maybe feces. I'm not sure. You see the low building, uh, the temple building, and you see to your right a, a low sort of watchtower on a small outcropping of rock. From inside, you see a strange, unnatural light, like no, no light from a fire or a torch or a lantern would look that way. It's it's very odd. You see this through the sort of narrow slits that make up... Um, uh, actually, the, <laughs> there's one window that's wide open to, to your right. And a dead body? Well, there's no dead body out in the out on the, the yard, but uh, you can see into what appears to be like a kitchen with... Some, where some snow has been has has blown in across over the the sill, and unless you close the door, I guess the door is slightly ajar, and there's you you can see maybe shapes moving in there, and maybe maybe like a, the lowest possible chatter, like voices, but you can't make out any any words or anything like that. But where's the body of the uh, the green skull? Uh, the green skull is down the slope. He missed oh. it in the dark. Okay, I'll. Uh, silently, 
uh, removed his uh, skis from my feet, set them on the uh, on the ground facing downward. Uh, oh, you probably took off your skis before. So oh, okay. This path is uh, the thinnest, thinnest possible snow, barely any. Okay. Well, that's fine. Uh, so, so maybe you took okay. your skis with you. Who wouldn't, right? <laughs> <laughs> what I was getting at, I'll try to prepare for a hasty exit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hide behind some sort of gateway or door frame and uh, try to uh, catch any of those words from these distant voices. How about we have a versus test? How about that? Okay. You roll stealthy. Uh, since you didn't mention stealthy, you have two dice in stealthy. So that is 2d6. And a Ooh, a one and a one. Uh, so that means you have two traitors. Now... There's nothing really you can do to, to improve this, unfortunately. So I'm going to go to the rest of the party. What well, party? The rest of the, the adventurers, shall we say. Calling you a party is a bit presumptuous. <laughs> um, so I would like you guys to make a perception test, and I want you to help each other. So um, one of you, the worst one, which is anyone really, since you all have, have um, an assumed perception of four dice. So anyone... Uh, nominate one to roll, and you get to roll six dice. Here. All right. So three, which is much more than you need. So you are having this, like, I guess you're having this moment after you've seen um, the apparition, and maybe there's some silence, and you're you're um, just starting to maybe begin to pick up conversation again. And that's when you hear someone someone's shoes grinding softly in the uh on the, the sort of hard earth outside just outside the door given that level of success how about we hear the sound of skis clattering against the wall i, I think he left fall them, over i think he left them by the by the, <laughs> I would, by the statue uh, with those two traitors i'd even say that um i tried to hide behind a door frame and forgot it uh, forgot that i had my cordophone on my back and hit the wall hit in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And instantly, uh, Mark Link. There's another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Link. No, don't. Out come the knives, and uh, he's trying to stealthily approach to where he heard the noise. All right. So you want to catch this interloper unaware? Let's uh, make the opposite thing, then. So you roll stealth, uh, stealthy. And, um, have, um, oh, ye gods, rather roll, um, roll his perception. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so one success means it's doubled against, against Rattler because Rattler doesn't have observation. He only has perception. But Rattler now has, um, well, four successes. Yeah, that, that bright, mysterious light <laughs> doesn't help with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Here's a question for Dirk then. How, from which direction do you approach? Do you go out a window? Do you, um, what do you do? Let's see. We were in or one of the interior rooms, right? Yes. Yes. And we heard the noise coming from the doorway. Well, would have, uh, we had to go out the door. Then you would run into it. <laughs> okay. All right. So a slight error in judgment, maybe. So you pop up, uh, pop out suddenly, and, and of course you rather shadow cast by the. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so this long shadow with these long pointy knives <laughs> begin to emerge from the the, the half open hallway door. 
So what do you do then, um, Raldir? You see this murderous shadow approaching. Uh, now that you know that he's been discovered, he'll try to maybe be optimistic and try not to appear uh, like a like an assassin or criminal and just yell out, uh, uh, hello, um, someone here, I, I mean you no harm. And while he says that he'll grab the uh, cutter phone with both hands at the neck and uh, <laughs> hide it behind his back, uh, <laughs> trying not to look too threateningly, but um, also have the option of hitting someone with it. <laughs> question, did you leave your long halberd by the, by the skis as well? I think so. I didn't expect really trouble at this point before I saw the, the desecration. Gotcha. Am I with that part of the party? Oh, you're with, you're with the rest, except for Marklin, who snuck, quote-unquote, out into the hallway to um, approach this man. What, yeah, what, that's a good question. What are, what are you two doing, um, uh, Kale and and uh, Hunlo, while Marklin sneaks out to the door? Well, I'm going to heft my mason, but keep a respectful distance and let Marklin do his thing, because he seems to be very good at it. Well, I'm going to try and get around him. I think. Because you follow Marklin. Yeah, but the other direction. All right. Oh, okay, we're so you're, gonna you're going to flank the window. Him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to flank him like a couple of hunting dogs. Well, you you hear what he has to say. You know, you're opening the window shutters when he starts going like, I, "I'm no, I'm not here to harm you. Uh, and Marklin, yeah, you're, so you're so out so the door true. by that time. Now at the ready. Say, hands up. Who are you? What are you doing here? Um, you see, um... Kelly, you can uh, see he's holding yeah. a, a peasant instrument behind his, his back. Yeah, as far as I know, he's holding a weapon behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> How, uh, is he actually paying him enough attention to have a really good grip on that weapon slash instrument? <laughs> uh, he seems to be a bit nervous. Uh, I'm going to have to ask Florian in that case. Like, Does it look like he's about to, th- to throttle the, the poor cordophone? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's... Uh, I'd say his grip would be pretty firm, but uh, just. Oh, it's fight. a general demeanor. It, does it look like he's holding it behind his back in order to like find a find uh, an opening to clobber Marklin with it, or is it just like nervous something? Um, not he's confronted directly. I don't think he'll uh, go for the stealthy option. So he'll, as Marklin um, confronts him, he'll slowly bring his arms to the front. And uh, show him the instrument case. Say, I'm just a wandering minstrel, uh, hoping for maybe some some small, a few coins for me to play at a ceremony at this temple. All right, guys. He has an atrocious southern accent. It's like <laughs> uh, like he sounds like the worst rube ever. Also, he's dressed kind of like a soldier without armor. Yeah, I'm not buying any of this. <laughs> I'm going to try to take that thing from him just in case it actually is a weapon and just looks like a whatever that thing is. Rather, you notice that someone is climbing out the window behind you uh, and is coming for you. What do you do? <laughs> I'll um, drop the car phone, spin around my heels and <laughs> try to run away. Oh, <laughs> do you know what happens to people who run away? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he drops it and just... Uh, guns it. Do you want to intercept him then? Oh, I'm uh, going to chase him. Okay. I'm going to chase him. 
Are you doing the same, uh, Marklin? Yes. Do you want to help each other then with uh, catching up with him? And, and Okay, I guess I should ask, what's your intent? Do you want to capture him, stab him? Yeah, I want to catch him. Tackle him. All right. Uh, Rattler, you just want to go get away? Yeah, that's my intent. Just um, get away right. from his people as quickly as possible. <laughs> let's do a, a versus speed test. Let's let's have Marklin roll five uh, dice, and uh, Rattler, you roll four. So, um, Kayla's helping Marklin. Yeah, I'm not as fast as Marklin is, so. You're about similar. I, we're, we're not making, like, big, huge distinctions. Oh, look at that. Rather is the speediest rube you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm yelling for it's almost to like... get out here. <laughs> so you're yelling for people to get out of there, out here. Kale and Marklin, you're sort of getting in each other's way, jostling instead of getting anywhere. And Raldor, you just speed, you know, away. Uh, your skis and your halberd are right there at the the statue. Like you can stop and pick them up if you want to, and still keep running. I'll pick up the the skis, but uh, leave the halberd there, as I probably won't uh, be able to carry both and sure risk stumbling over the halberd while running. <laughs> All right, so now Martin is, is shouting for, for the rest of you to, to get out there. Is that what you're doing? He um, got Hanlo. I'm just going to take my time, kind of shake my head, sling my mace, walk over, pick up the uh, cordophone, pluck a few strings. Does it sound? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Does it sound true? Does it sound what? True. It sounds like it's in good condition, yeah. Like it's it's tuned and everything. Maybe he is. Telling the truth. I'll shout out to the, to everyone that's running away. I don't think you need to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you hear in the background as you're racing down the mountain there, rather. It's it's clear that you, you're outpacing them, so you could get away if you wanted to, but then uh you know, something in the back of your head goes like, wait a minute, young one of them was kind of young and noble-looking. Wasn't that someone I was supposed to get? Once I'm away, um, usable distance, um, I'll look over my shoulder and uh, try. I've been probably given uh, some sort of description. Yes. I hope, oh, yes. And match the description to the, the figures I see. Yeah, one of them is definitely the... Uh, now, now that you're not as... Well, okay, things are kind of hectic, and you, maybe you think you were going to die. But, you know, finally, uh, you know, the quarter drops, and or the dime drop, whatever you say, and uh, you realize, oh, wait, that's Marklin the Guide, and that's... Maybe he was so bundled up in cloth and thick clothes that you didn't re- immediately recognize him, right? And you realize the other must be the young noble you were sent to get, and they're, you know, careering down the mountain for you. So between a heavy breath, <laughs> I'll kind of wait. Uh, uh, are you Marklin, the the guide? Uh, I've I've come to to look for you. I probably barrel into him just as he stops to <laughs> say. <that. laughs> Followed shortly after by me. This are you, Marklin? <laughs> Start rolling down the path. <laughs> High speed a- and snow and ice don't mix. <laughs> so you end up in a pile uh, with the poor conscript beneath you. Frisk him for weapons. He doesn't have anything uh, beside a small uh, belt knife that's not really suited for fighting, more for cutting cheese. Probably take that. Uh, low by now. Makes it out to the courtyard, looks at the halberd, just shakes his head, badly plays the uh, cordophone. 
<laughs> Not even that well. Just, well, I, I guess we'll just pick up the halberd. I think he dropped this. I know I'm not very helpful, but <laughs> I was going to say not helping. I know. I just, I, I'm I'm wise though. I know better than to run down a snowy, icy slope at full speed. While you've all been like messing around with this newcomer, uh, Parima, uh, you know, steps out from the the temple and and what is this madness? It, it's, he's obviously a foreigner. Can't you can't you just capture him and, and take him back and, and stop this madness? Enough people have died already. Well, and that's not something is. you hear down at the slope, right? This is something for Hunlo. We tackle him and disarm him. Then we'll pull him up and start uh, pulling him back towards the temple. All the while, what is he saying? <laughs> <laughs> he offers no resistance, but goes, uh, I'm really, really no threat to you. I'm just really here to to help you and ensure your security. Could could you please give me maybe my halberd back? I uh, I must replace it if I lose it. I think we need a better explanation. <laughs> yeah, a better explanation than that. Better explanation of how you come to be here in the middle of the no- middle of nowhere after everybody in this temple has been killed. As I said, I'm not here by. Okay, I've I've admit that I'm a wandering minstrel. That's not um, not. Not a simple truth. Um, <laughs> I'm a servant of Malik Mangus and was sent to uh, to look after you. And I'm not too sure myself, but he's very interested of you having no uh, no incident or having a bad impression of this island. So he sent me just sure that you're safe because he hadn't heard from the the town, hadn't heard from the druids in a while, and. They weren't sure that everything is in, in best order. So here's a question for Florian: Is this an intentional lie or is it confusion? I'm not too sure uh, what was the reason that he has been sent now. So uh, now, so it's more confusion. Um, that, that's so, that's legit. You know, you you just been manhandled and and you forced to flee and and uh, all that stuff. So that's it's possible that that would start pouring out. Yeah, he actually just ba- said to you, "Look, I think these people are potentially threats to." Our order, the order of, of you know the, the Shogolite order, and I want you to, to keep an eye on them and make sure that that you know if if they act in a way that is counter to us, you know you have to report that back. You were also told by the warden's wife that this young noble that you're with here uh, must be taken back to town to the fort so she can have supper with him, which is super important. She strongly suggested that you would be sorry if you didn't complete this duty so so that would kind of be your cover but i would be totally fine with you like starting to blurt out malik mangus and like oh i'm i service and uh, uh don't kill me <laughs> totally legit yeah that's uh why i'd, I'd play it so he's he's blurting out the name of his employer but tries to give them a reason that uh, malik mangus would be interested in their in their right. well-being so when you say that, Parima, the, okay, so there you have these three people, right? This, who, whose images you can see right here. Uh, and with them is this really pretty, um, young, uh, ice druidess who's dressed in the, the customary, like, very thin, red, flowing, silken sort of robe. Really doesn't hide anything. And she's barefoot in the cold, very crazy. 
Uh, she has this short red hair and she stalks up to you and says, Ha! Malik Mangus, the leader, the, the ambassador to the Shogolites in Arhem. Why would he be concerned whether or not has anything had happened to my order? This is, this is a lie. And she points accusingly at, um, at Ralder. <laughs> no, okay. It's time for some ugly truth here. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I pull out a knife, look at Hunlow and go, are you telling the truth or are you lying to us? So, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, oh, no, no. See, this is the, the, the big ugly truth. This fellow is as sophisticated as a stone. That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have an intent with that? Oh, I, I, I actually uh, believe that he is a credible bard and that he is a terrible soldier and that the truth is going to uh, cause him tr- more trouble than any lies he would have uh, committed. Oh, oh you want to you wanna convince him that he should just be truthful? No, no, no. I, I, I don't care if I convince him or not. I already know the truth. That's You're just simply speaking the truth. He's just a simple so-and-so. He, he's not... Unless he's a master, uh, uh, a spy master, he is as simple as he uh, appears to be. Well, aren't these shagalites the weird green-faced guys? Yes, says Parima. By the way, Rattler, you have never seen any of their faces or anything. They always wear, like, elaborate uh, ebony, uh, not ebony, uh, ivory masks and hoods and gloves and long, thick robes. Oftentimes they smell of perfume. This is news to you, right? You've never actually seen one without the robes and everything. So he was, while uh, sweating heavily and uh, <laughs> taking <laughs> deep breath, he's like, I don't really know what's the intention of uh, my employer. And to be honest, I think he is in some way punishing me by this mission. But I really <laughs> just here to help you pro- okay um uh, you're probably right that there's some sort of scheme behind this i don't really know i'll just have to trust you to not kill me and you can trust that me that i'm not here to harm you as well and well hanlo doesn't seem to be of any use i want to try to tell whether he's telling the truth or not all right uh, i can find well, the truth <clears throat> quite easily halberd in one hand cordophone in the other I throw them both at Florian, not Florian, this new person, yeah. and watch and see which one he tries to catch. What a quarterphone, of course. No questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> He's a musician and not a very good soldier. <laughs> uh, still, Dirk, you had an intent of finding out like, if he's speaking the truth or, or what, right? It seems he's with the, this cult group, so he's obviously, you know, they were here to harm these people, so... Sound very harmless. How about you give me give me just an ob one perception test, like four dice. Rather, it's a terrible liar, and and part of it it is just not lies per se. Cool. So you get your success. He, you, you definitely get the impression that you know if he were trying to lie, he wouldn't mess this up as much. And he's he really is as simple as Hundo suggests. Like he he is genuinely confused. It's probably more to it but he's not being being dishonest when he says he has nothing like he doesn't mean you harm he's not here on some sinister errand uh that he knows about if someone had a sinister intent sending him here he doesn't know that 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Just a soldier, not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll turn uh, back to the druidess. Uh, mm-hmm. We have bodies to bury. Oh, she she um, appears momentarily startled, and then then she sort of returns to her um, som- more somber mood from before. She says, "Yes, well, yes, we do." Ask her. So, do these chocolates have um, witless dupes that are harmless that they use to get information? Or I am sure they are not above any underhanded means. Quick look at his livery, wolf. <laughs> Identify where he came from. He looks like one of the soldiers from from the garrison in in Arham, uh, except he's not wearing any armor. Like he's a little extra, like he has an extra thick cloak. That's it. Well, what's your name? I'm Raldir. Can you use a shovel? <laughs> <laughs> there are two kinds of people in this world: those with knives <laughs> and those who dig. <laughs> Actually, uh, yes, and, and, and a plow as well if you have one, but a shovel is fine. <laughs> well, at least he's got a good strong back. It will be a bother to dig in this hard earth, though. You might be able to do something. Grab some, some uh, uh, like, drift stone or drift gravel and then make, like, mounds to cover oh, these yeah. people. A, a rocky cairn. Yeah. Whatever their burial rites are for these wacky druid people. True, true. Well, they might, they're yeah. dead for all we know. <laughs> that would be slightly gruesome. Left out on the glacier. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me, though. Fortunately, the model just, module doesn't say anything specific about this. So, um, well, Prima will, will uh, you know, say that uh, piling cairns for them is good enough for now. If you want to help her do that, uh, that's fine. She does say that you have yet to peek into the watchtower. Also, there was the apparition and the bidding of the apparition. And she says, um, I think I think I must at least attend to that duty. I must find this this head. And I know there is a, a subterranean area here, and it's somewhere here on the in the yard. It's covered. Uh, but I've never been down there. It's it was for the head of our order to go down there and, and do rites, I presume. I, I would guess there that is where the the head is. Well, perhaps as we gather stones, we'll find it. So you you employ poor Raldir in, in in pulling out bodies and building and making cairns. It's getting very late, though. The sun is almost gone. Hurry up! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While we're employing him doing that, I'll uh, go to Hanlo. Yes. Was this head thing what you were looking for? Uh, I don't know. Saul had the details. Is that an intentional lie again? <laughs> yes, no. In fact, uh, God, I am a terrible, terrible person because I'm really <laughs> wanting to kind of see what Marklin knows. And because, well, yeah, I hopefully I'm a better liar than <laughs> Well, Okay, because we, as we remember, you you did decipher the the notes that Saul had made, and it said that you know I found it the head that only speaks the truth. Which may in fact be the same head that we're talking about here. Could be. It's supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah, just, but, the, but then we have this druidess that might actually have some claim to it, and uh, it's complicated. Well, it's a simple question from 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 uh, from uh, Martian. Like, like, is this the head you were looking for? And you say, do you say then in that case, like, well, it's complicated, or I don't know. 
Because in that case, I think it's a versus falsehood if, if it's intentional, like, I'm not actually ready to give you that information. <laughs> That's a truth that has not been revealed. Okay, so that is a half lie. <laughs> half truth. <laughs> that sounds just like Hunlow. <laughs> so, so I'm, still gonna, I'm, I'm totally still going to call for a versus falsehood. <laughs> okay, so what are we throwing down here? Uh, since you don't have falsehood, you, you roll four dice for your will. Uh, any successes that, that uh, Marklin generates with his falsehood skill are doubled against you, since you are using beginner's luck falsehood, since you're not a false falsehood, generally not a falsehood-telling person. Did oh. that actually happen the way I thought it did? <laughs> what is with Marklin's dice today? It's like... It's my dice. Yeah. I always roll poorly. <laughs> Wow, so I actually got away with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently, yeah, apparently there's no there's no well, particular suspicion there. Or I come away as confused as before I asked the question. Oh, totally, yes, <laughs> yes. That is the truth yet to be revealed. You're like, God, these truth wizards. <laughs> <laughs> I find a nice walk and add it to the pile. All right. I will say, though, look, Farmina is going to have one view of what should be done with this. Are you going to have another idea? My original plans might have to change. I was all set to seek my revenge, and then spirits got in the way. Yes, I have actually said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you quote-unquote satisfied there? <laughs> if you're expecting my help, I need a little more than that. The entrance is here somewhere. Grab some rocks. Keep your eyes open. See, we haven't searched the tower yet, right? No, no. If there's a lantern or a torch or something, I'll go search it. All right. Kale, uh, the, the, the conscript and Parima and um, I'm presuming maybe Hanlo are uh, making cairns? I'm probably helping. Oh, you're helping. Okay. Marklin is, is grabbing a, a lantern and walking up toward the um, lookout tower. I'll let him go. I mean, I, I still don't trust him, but at this point, it's kind of like, unless he turns that weapon on me, I'm not really going to bother with him all that much right now. All right. More important, but if he does yes. turn that weapon on me, we're going to have an issue. All right. <laughs> so so you're, you're all uh, slaving away with, the, with getting, getting the killed druids uh, and, and the servant, I guess, covered. So, Martin, you walk up to the tower. Uh, it's like this low round base, uh, and then there's like a square wood structure at the top. You, you enter like a little stone room, and then there's a spiraled staircase up into the, the wood section. When you come up there, you notice a headless body, uh, dressed as a priest or a druid, uh, on the floor. In every direction, in every like wall, square wall, uh, there is a window with the wooden hatches and underneath the windows you see in the light of the lantern like a painted representation of the view you would see from that window to the north you see a a mountain range a dark mountain range to the east you see a, a different mountain poking up just like this one out of the ice to the south you see a painted version of the temple building and the and the yard and to the west you see the, the sulfur swamps and, you know, uh, the settlement and a, uh, a a green area toward the coast. 
All right. Uh, any other entrances, exits, obvious? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, no entrances or ex- exits. Uh, on one wall, you see a, uh, a um, spyglass case in leather. Take that. And then I'll just start uh, poking around for the uh, this hidden entrance to the to the underground uh, area that there that she talked about all right no sign of this guy's head nope gone for now i'm just poking around <laughs> all right <laughs> all right by the time you've covered all the you know all the bodies uh it's pitch dark and marklin is walking around the the yard you know maybe poking the the hard ground here and there to see if oh if i when i come out if i search inside the tower there yeah. Then when I come out, I'll say, there's another body in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're the foreman. All right. There's not a body in there. <laughs> not my problem. I'll look over at the young soldier. Uh. <laughs> Radio's going to sigh heavenly and spit into Bre- his Bre- hands. going to wipe her, her brow as you sigh there. Uh, sorry, let, I'll let you go first. And spit into his hand uh, and climb up the tower steps. And Freeman's gonna wipe her brow and go, wait, wait, wait. It is too late now. It's going, getting too dark. We will, we will handle it tomorrow. I, I will change the sheets in, in the beds and you can all have a nice rest. Oh, thank you very much, sir, uh, madam. And he'll take a deep bow and almost topple over. <laughs> so she goes inside and then starts to deal with that. And uh, yeah, the, the the bodies you've dragged out are are all at least sort of covered. It's getting so dark that you're gonna have to walk around with lantern light and try to sort of poke the hard ground to see if there's if that is where this hidden entrance possibly is. Like she 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 said it's ra- around here somewhere, and, pr- and by that she meant generally speaking the yard. Well, Hunlow is going to grab a torch or a uh, lantern and head back down the path. And okay. fetch the dogs and sleds. Ah. Bring them into the yard. They're probably wondering, where are the humans? <laughs> <laughs> so he's exit stage left. Cool. So anything else you want to do uh, in case you want to turn in like like uh, Prima suggested? Well, was there any food that was edible? Uh, yes. There, there's uh, uh, dried meat, uh, salted meat. There's some uh, simple bread, some, you know, very, like, preserved fare. A good deal of that. It's still food. It's still food, yes. <laughs> Just not super tasty food, but, you know. Rado's gonna also try to take a bow towards the nearest person. I guess that would be either uh, Kelvin or Martin. And asks, uh, may I ask, is... The, the truth is the only survivor of this. She wasn't here when this happened. So besides us, there's nobody left here at the moment. Oh, so uh, would you mind me making uh, uh, dinner <laughs> for us? <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, I'll make something for myself first and then you can make whatever you want. All right. Well, but uh, if uh, I have something, if, my food looks uh, tastier to you. Uh, I wouldn't mind uh, sharing it, but uh, of course, uh, whatever you say. <laughs> and he'll step aside and uh, take a respectful nod. I think Marklin's going to fix himself something to eat, get a tankard of something, and then strip down and get to the hot springs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you look around a short while, you'll find a, a keg of beer. 
So um, you can get yourself a beer and some of the simple fare and then, yeah, hot springs. <laughs> it's like a sauna that is fed by hot springs. So, uh, yeah, uh, after that, I guess Rallor gets to work cooking. What's what's Kale doing and what's Hollow doing once you got the dogs wrangled? Once I got the dogs wrangled, gonna take the druidess's advice and or the priestess's advice rather and uh, curl up and sleep with the dogs. There's no way I'm letting these dogs out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're our best security system. Yes, and they are all staying with me. All right, so you bring them all in <laughs> to the temple. Okay. Hey, I bought uh, them. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a raised eyebrow from Parima, but she doesn't protest. I'm glad. All right. Well, if everybody turns in for the night, we can just fast forward to the next morning where you're... Well, yeah. Hanlo's got, got one thing. Yeah, keep up a, a guard in case... <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it was something I was thinking of uh, more along the lines, a little bit of sorcery. I, I want to... Spread out an aware awareness, a uh, to kind of get a a sense and a feel for the lay of the land. Maybe find that secret location, but also trying to feel or sense if anyone is out in the dark that is sneaking up on us. So it's kind of like a a wandering eye, at least. And we're taking our time to set up the mm -hmm. ritual. So if, if that requires you know, setting up a circle and, and, and stuff like that. Just trying to get a, a, a vision that does not require light. Sure. Well, we could either give you a trait that would support that, something like dark vision or something, or we could look at it as a spell intended to um, reveal what is hidden. That's, that's more what I'm after, yeah. trying to reveal if there's anything else hidden. And now we're talking about more than simply like what, what is hidden by people and, you know, their lies, their masks. Um, we're talking about, you know, if, if you want to get a sense for where possibly this hidden subterranean portion of the temple is oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. You have the all-seeing eye of, eye, tower of truth, not eye of truth. Breaking illusions is 1D and your sorcery is B4. If you take your time, which I eminently amenable to allow um you would get an extra die so that's six dice uh, and i'm apparently looking at alchemy which is terribly wrong there we go i'm just going to call that an all before sorcery test if you succeed you are going to have this uh this uh sense of of seeing things that are hidden or or trying to hide from you for the duration of the night okie dokie yeah uh, if you want sense. it for long, if you want it for longer, just tonight's fine. Okay. And we got five successes. Oh, nice. Okay. And did just you get you get one six? Kids, um, don't try this at home. I'm a professional. If it's <laughs> worth exploding, I'll definitely throw a fate point at it. If 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 you are interested in learning as much as you possibly can, of course, explode that six. Sure, we will, we will gladly try that. But no. Oh, well, it is a success. Uh, am I reading that wrong? Oh, yes, that is. Okay. <laughs> it's the number of successes, not what you got on the die, right? So you have to, yes. you have to, yeah, mouse over the eye. Okay, interesting. So you get you get six successes from your required four, meaning it's two above. And uh, not only 
do you uh, immediately get a sense for what is being obscured or hidden? You become aware of, of the head of the headless body in the tower being further down the slope. Uh, you become wa- aware of the uh, body that um, of, of the follower of Shoggle that that uh, Marklin knifed to death down the slope, who's lying in a crevice with his hood drawn over his face. You you become intimately aware of, of the actual features of this this individual and and just exactly how it looks. Like Marklin maybe described it briefly, but now you actually you see it before in in your mind's eye, right? You definitely become aware of a hatch or or um, yeah a hatch in in the yard uh, near the tower uh, below the tower in the yard that is covered by like a good foot of of uh, grit and dirt and and soil which is getting to be frozen solid so it's going to take some work to get at it but you're like oh, okay that's a hidden thing now i see that if you stay spirits how 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 long do you stay up i'm imagining this takes hours oh, okay so it's more like a, you take your time you you get into the whole meditative uh revealing the the hidden thing okay in my mind's eye i imagine it as a wandering eye that moves around so sure. it takes time to uh, look through the darkness you notice uh at one point you you pass uh, the yard right and you see parima crossing the yard to the outhouse and you see that same like blue Pervert. honest <laughs> what 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 i'm sorry i was uh, deeply listening to <laughs> coming on how pervert how you're a pervert <laughs> so this blue uh, um, this, the same blue kind of honest aura that you saw before uh, except now you are noticing something underneath there's more there there are depths to to this um to the magical nature of, of, of Parima, and it's it's no longer all good, right? It's no longer all honest. That's what you get. That's oh. an extra bonus thing. You don't pierce it, but you definitely see that there's more to this individual than you thought. Interesting. Well, we'll leave her to her privacy, but something to chew on, for sure. Besides, <laughs> Really? <laughs> okay. And Marklin, Marklin, after having had his sauna and, and, and victuals, what's your plan? Hunlow's taking first watch, I guess. Where, where are you doing this, Hunlow? Does it look like you're taking any kind of watch? Probably. I, I, at least the way I imagine it, it would be in the courtyard with the dogs and with the prince. All right. But whether the prince is actually out with the dogs or if he's inside eating. He brought the dogs inside. Oh, that's yeah. right. You brought the dogs aside. Well, I'm out there by my lonesome then in the courtyard. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, in that case, you know, you would guess that, yeah, he's probably keeping watch of some sort, doing his weird truth magic. Then I'll just say, wake me when it's my watch. Go into uh, one of the rooms and there's a lock on the door. He'll lock it and he'll jam like a chair or something and like try to rig <laughs> up something so that if somebody tries to come through the door, it's going to be difficult and make noise. Um, you could, you could probably move the bedding from, from, uh, the sleeping room into one of the storerooms and bar that easily. Um, so you could have quote unquote safety. You, you'd, you'd be apprised of, uh, of someone breaking in or trying to get in absolutely before, before you would be overrun. And where's Parmina? Uh, Parima, uh, goes to sleep in, um, 
uh, in the same room as uh, Kale and the dogs. There are two more beds. All right. He'll sleep in the uh, the secured room. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so uh, the night progresses. I mean, at some point, I'm sure there's a knock on the door uh, as Hanlo goes to sleep, maybe. Sure. If, and, you know, it's your watch, all that stuff. Uh, morning rolls around. It's disturbingly peaceful and quiet and serene and pretty. And if... <laughs> yeah, I'll go out to that, that watchtower, open the the shutters, check the view versus the, the artist's impression. Oh, okay. Anyone else? What, what's going on in the morning? Are you, are you any, is anyone joining um, forces with them? During the night, if anybody has a very light sleep, there's a slight chance that he may be uh, uh, wakened by someone trying to play the harpsichord uh, uh, very quietly and <laughs> <laughs> trying to find uh, words that rhyme with, uh, with Marklin and, <laughs> and Hando <laughs> and Keldon. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. No, that's... Uh, why would those people have so complicated names that don't really rhyme <laughs> while playing no. a mournful song about the loss of the Trudis, the Trudis. Come morning, cool. I'll, I'll uh, grab a wall deer. So it's like, come on, got digging to do. <sighs> fine, fine, fine. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> What's going to be bad is when I go to the base of the tower. So we're going to dig here, and there's absolutely nothing to distinguish why. <laughs> <laughs> He's just being mean now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Marklin heads up to the tower, and uh, the two of you are digging. What's Kale doing? Sleeping in. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> as enough. long as he's uh, allowed to, anyway. That's, ter- that's sort of appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> he's tired. I mean, come on. He's a prince. He's not used to all this manual labor stuff. All this walking up slopes and... and <laughs> Dealing with dogs, dealing with undead servants, trying to strangle him in the night. So, um, the tower. Uh, if you open the the, the latches and, and and shutters, and you look out over the the land, um, and remember, you do have that sort of um, that spyglass as well. Uh, and you compare the um, the images; they are just about exact matches, except for a few details. Is there any particular direction you want to? investigate first to the north you have the the dark mountain range to the east you have the diff- the other mountain sticking up out of the glacier to the south you have the temple itself and to the west you have the area you came from the the colony and green areas coastal areas the temple is there any difference between the painting and the actual temple oh yeah uh now that you know in the morning that you you take a good look at it um on the temple, in the temple yard, you can see a hatch opening, opening into the underground. And next to it, it says, uh, follow the holy water to the dragon's mouth. Two sun wheels, two turned sun wheels show the way. Actually, that was really nice there because you don't have read. So I really should have made you, um, uh, roll that. But I think if you squint at it long enough and sound out the letters, you're like, Oh, holy water. Oh, wait, I know this. You figure it out. That's good. And uh, then you know, then he'll turn and look at uh, the other mountain. You see what looks like a farmstead painted on the slope of the mountain. 
near you, you can see a human being in a red, like, druid um, robe blowing a giant, looks like a giant horn. Uh, and some kind of squiggles are written next to the, the horn blower. Hmm. Do I see on the mountain the, that there are farmlands? Um, you can't see any details. It's too far away. But you can see the mountain. So there's definitely a mountain there. Um, no details with the spyglass? Uh, that's what I mean. Like, like if you don't have the spyglass, you see that it's a mountain. If you have the spyglass, you can see more details on the mountain. But you can't see any any farms or farmland or or settlements. The mountain range? Uh, at, at the easternmost end, to, furthest to the right, you can see a tower, a black tower in the mountain range. And nearby, you see a hand pointing with an index finger to a pass that looks like two horns jutting up out of the, the rest of the mountain range. Hmm. If I look that area through the spyglass? I think you maybe can make out what may be a, a tower like a, a structure of some kind, but uh, oh, and I think you may actually be able to figure out what the pass, where the pass is, but you can't see any super detailed details. You can't make out like flags or uh, any real, you know, any people. Okay, and then we'll look back towards. Uh... Um, let's see. It is roughly the same. You see a. Uh, an area that is north of Arhem and the colony, which is sort of green and hilly, and you see a lone black obelisk rising up out of the um, out of the green uh, hills, and that is all. That's in the painting, though, not in in the painting. Yes, in, not in the. You can't see any distinguished distinguished features uh, like like that in the spyglass. But I don't know of any black obelisk rising north of you. I think since you were here six months. You probably heard that uh, this is the area where, you know, the Neanderthal-looking types come from. Like so that's that's their favorite place. Um, but they're nomadic, so they go all over the island. But um, some people say that they have. Uh, th- this is where they put have their summer camps. If I notice that uh, Raldir is digging in the area where on the painting I saw. <laughs> oh yeah. I wander out there. This didn't take you too long. I mean, it probably took you a while to figure out what it said, what, what the, the whole, like, the scribbles d- detailing next to the, the hatch illustration meant. But there's still a good deal to, like, dig. Whether you help or not, it's it's going to be over in uh, in 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, you you reveal a um, wood hatch with two, like, iron rings that you can lift Actually, the first thing you re- you reveal is is, a, is a, like a, a cloth blanket and some um, some uh, what do you call straw. And when you take that away, you see the hatch, hatch and all that. And by this time, maybe if you wish to, Ari, um, Kale will begin to stir. Dogs are probably looking to get out. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, no, he'll let him out. He'll let him out. At our discovery, I'll, I'll flash a couple uh, bushy eyebrows at Raldir. It's good to know the truth. Always. That's probably the reason why I'm here, too. To help you with this. Really? Well, of course. Well, it's probably what he believes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, So I guess Kaelin Prima comes out and joins you. You know, she, Prima, appears uh, plenty impressed that you could find... uh, where this this place was 
Like, good work. Thank you. I good almost good. never lose my house keys either. <laughs> Shall we? And she signs to sort of point point at the, the hatch. Ladies first. Also, it might well, be trapped. <laughs> oh, I would not think so. She says. She grabs one of the rings and she signs to someone else to grab the other ring to lift the hatch. It's a little over two and a half times two and a half feet. And for us Europeans, that's maybe like 80 times 80 centimeters. So less than a meter in like size. Oh, yeah. And she... Hard ground to dig. You, you don't want to yeah. make it too big. So who helps out? Well, how are you lifting? Where's that pack mule? <laughs> <laughs> Where's that self-professed helper? <laughs> so you open the hatch, and it it, it winds open, and and opens into a uh, well, a hole in the ground, and you can see a wooden staircase leading down. Oh, so so it's a nice hole in the ground. <laughs> the, there's a smell of maybe it, it smells not exactly fresh. But it doesn't smell like it's rotten or, or terrible either. And it has like maybe a, maybe you, you all get like a hint of some perfume or chemical smell. Pine needles, perhaps? Could be. Recognizable? Not, not directly. Not something like, you know, oh, that, it's absolutely lavender. No, no, it's just like some per- perfumey, chemically faint smell along with the usual like not exactly closed in air, but but not exactly well ventilated either. Well, we can leave the hatch open, let it breathe. Maybe. Can I get a lantern, or are you going to light the way on the... Well, if there's a lantern uh, inside the hatch area, we'll light that. None. But you have lanterns, so it's not a big deal. So it's, it's fairly narrow, right? You'll all be able to go down there, but not side by side. Single file. I'll go last. Um, <laughs> How brave of you. My lord, would you mind me uh, waiting up here and uh, warning you if the murderers come back? Use that too. Prince, do you want to stay out here as well? No. No, I don't. I want to see what this is. If those people had to die for whatever's down here, I want to know what it is. Uh, Raldir, your master bade you to, uh, to learn and to observe, so I prefer you to come with. All right, if you'd like me to. <laughs> the translation is I don't want him to close the hatch on us and bury us alive because that would be annoying alright well uh, if you're sort of talking there and not doing anything in particular then then like Parima will grab one of the lanterns and go down ahead of you Follower. and you're all going down yeah. oh yeah so, yes. all in one basket the air is when you, when you go down there the, you notice that the air is a bit moist since it's kind of closed in and narrow, uh, you sort of scrape up against the rock itself. And, and when you do, you get this sort of sense that the, the mountain is kind of vibrating or not much shaking as in an earthquake or anything, but it's sort of lightly vibrating as if something well, there's is. There's a hot spring nearby. Yes. Uh, you may even hear or think you hear some kind of gurgling or hissing sounds inside the rock, which again wouldn't be. Um, incongruous to the whole hot spring nearby thing. This sort of stair goes down sort of uh, at an angle, 45 degrees or something, into the rock down below the actual um, temple. And it ends in a wooden door that Prima 
sort of prods and it proves to be unlocked. She opens it. There is a white corridor inside which you can all file into if you wish. This all right. is still rough here. This is fairly finely cut, like almost. It's almost like a vaulted ceiling kind of uh, cord, uh, stairway down, and then the hallway itself is also made in the same way. Very even, uh, sort of organic vault that that um, opens up before you. The walls in this hall that you enter are all painted white. The ceiling is all paint, also painted white. Uh, to right and left of you, there are corpses, um, mummies uh, without the wrappings, hung up on hooks, iron hooks in the wall. Their like eyes and, and nostrils and mouths have all been sewn shut, uh, and they're dressed in these like almost nightshirt-type white robes, very thin. Uh, they appear to be dead a long time. The hall is about, what would it be, uh, 30 feet, 10 meters deep? Uh, there's, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a door on the other end. And, but before the door, there is a kind of stone table and it has some, uh, earthenware jars on it. Uh, Prima, what's with the dead bodies? I, she looks hesitant. Uh, I assume they are perhaps the former heads of our order. I have never been down here. Sounds it's like not this my is the real temple. Something your order does with their uh, members? Uh, it was uh, something I was not aware of, but I'm sure there's nothing sinister going on. Right. Is she being truthful? <laughs> <laughs> God, let's let's do another. Let's let's do a perception ob two. Not my falsehood. No uh, perception. Add For all of us. Ner- add some nervous violin music. <laughs> <laughs> You mean some some nervous chordophone music? That too. <laughs> All right. You don't get a definite impression. Like she she may be bullshitting you, maybe, but she may also just not know. I give uh, Humno a look. What What do you think? That's good for a shrug. Morseless truth, wither, wizard. I've. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's a fantastic truth wizard. He just doesn't care. But he's useless to me. (laughs) So Parima will will, uh, walk ahead. She will pass the stone table and and sort of run her fingers over it and dwell momentarily by the the jars to sort of look at them. But she doesn't, you know, stop to look in them. And then she'll walk past the table to the door at the far end. What do the rest of you do? Rather... um waits for a moment uh, of being uh, unobserved and tries to find some corner of the corridor room that's currently not occupied by a um, mummy uh, and bows to the ground with a very pale face, breathing heavily and tries to keep his breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go down one of the halls. I have a feeling that if we were to go through the steel questions, uh, then then Raldi would probably have answered yes to the question, did you grow up in a really clean and happy place like the hills and the sound of music? Uh, <laughs> probably not not clean, but um, he's also seen, uh, used to seeing dead people, but there's a difference between somebody just killed in a war or and some mummified corpse on... <laughs> 
on the hooks, uh, so yeah. that's not uh, a <laughs> usual sight for him. I'm going to try to go down one of the hallways. I want to see what else is there. Well, if you want to get past this hallway, uh, you have to go through the, the door at the far end, and Prima is sort of trying that door as we speak. What is Hanlo oh, doing? I guess I'll follow. Okay. Uh, Hanlo will touch Marklin on the shoulder and pull him back a little bit and whisper in his ear, she's deep like a glacial pool, very treacherous the deeper you go. Keep your eyes open. He's finding her more attractive now. <laughs> <laughs> what, wait, wait, what? She's not, she's not a hippie? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> this might work out. <laughs> wow. Okay, uh, while, while Ralder is, is trying to keep his cool, Prima tries the door and it appears to be locked. She swears to herself and she says, Oh, the head of our order must have the keys. Only we buried him. I should have looked for them before, of course. And she, you know, swats her forehead. Let's go back up for them. I get it, I get it. Ralder, I will have tears. Which one was the head of your order? Uh, it's probably uh, the corner one or something, you know, whatever, whatever. Do you remember? So, you know, okay. she, she, um, she appears fine with that. Anyone else? <laughs> How sturdy is the door? Uh, the door is a pretty solid, uh, wooden door. Um, you don't see hinges on this side. I mean, if you have an axe, you can attempt to do something violent if you prefer. Uh, we'll let, we'll let, uh, Raldar do some more digging. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you you get up, you you find the proper cairn, and you, you shove the stones away, and you know there's the corpse again, more corpses. <laughs> <laughs> this one has been semi recently deceased. You find uh, the belt uh, in in the corpse's waist, and the the whole it has a, like a fanny pack type leather case with stuff in keys among them. So you find a whole heap of keys. Marklin is just shaking his head that these people didn't search the bodies before they buried him. <laughs> it was nighttime, okay. It was it was a stressful situation. All right, so you you come back down, I guess. After uh, taking a few more um, breaths of fresh air and <laughs> shaking his head and then climbing uh, climbing down. <laughs> so you come back down. You have the keys in hand. Uh, Prima will hold out her hand as if to expecting you to come give it to them. Give her, them to her. He goes. Yeah, he'll, uh, bow his head and hold his key and his, uh, the keys in his open hand. Alright. Thank yeah, you. I'll watch what she does with the keys. If she, like, grabs the right key the very first time, yeah, some suspicion there. You watch closely as she, uh, looks at the keys, chooses one, proves to be the wrong one. Chooses another one, proves to be the wrong one. Chooses the third one, that proves to be the right one. Oh, good. <laughs> he doesn't have a key, does he? <laughs> and she then I was going to shake my fist at you. <laughs> Vigorously. Been much fun, like, oh, it's not the right key. You're going to have to go search for it. <laughs> <laughs> so she opens the door, and you look into a onto a um, platform or landing. Uh, which then slopes down further into the mountain in the same way that the, the, the stairway behind you sloped down into the mountain. Only this time the stair is stone and exquisitely cut out from the, from the rock. 
there is a sort of bluish shimmering light from from downstairs almost like like looking into a darkened pool a public pool at night where you have the lights in the pool so you have all these like reflecting bluish you know water reflections on the ceilings on the ceiling and walls that kind of thing uh only there's a shimmer as well down there and she looks to you and uh all of you and then she steps inside and down i like her go get him attitude <laughs> i like her ability to freeze her behind off <laughs> i like her behind <laughs> what was it you would what was it that uh marklin read on the oh you draw something to mind something to the tune of follow the holy water something about dragons and sun crosses sun wheels yeah <laughs> Something like that. Uh, give me a perception test, Ob2. Since you took the time to understand it, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to actually remember the no exact phrase. All right, okay. So it said, follow the holy water to the dragon's mouth. Two sun wheels turned show the way. I hate your sun wheels. Now, this is something I presume that Martin has not told anyone else. No. No, that was just a random comment from me. Sure. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Parima is walking down into whatever is down there. All right. What are you guys doing? I guess you're following? I guess we'll follow. So you file down, single file again, the same kind of narrow stair. You enter into a similar hallway to the one uh, you just left, uh, only in the walls and ceiling, the vaulted ceiling, there are these sort of bluish shimmering stones set in the walls. Like give off light and immediately when you get into the hallway to your left there is an outlet for water clear clean spring water that pours down the wall into a runnel that goes along the west uh, left wall all the way down to the end of the hall the 30 feet 10 meters and where it disappears down a stone grate a pretty big stone grate in this runnel you can see here and there you see tiny gleaming things Let's examine the gleaming thing. <laughs> okay, so you you maybe take a knee and, and and look into the water and fish something out. And you fish out a golden cameo. A pendant, right? A golden pendant. Markings or? No particular markings. Uh, oh, okay. It appears to be like, uh, it is a cameo, but it's made to be like sort of uh, this uh, boar's head, the stylized boar's head. You can open it. There's nothing inside. But yeah, it's like a a carbon boar's head cameo that you can hang on a pendant but the as, on a on a necklace right but there's no thong or chain attached to it there appears to be more of these in the runnel along the whole length of this this 30 foot hall it gives a very sort of serene calm peaceful pleasant uh, uh, sort of atmosphere this whole like hall fish out another one and see if it's different yeah this one appears to be uh some kind of horse not a cameo just a pendant also gold Prima and gold is any significant to your order not that i'm aware perhaps they were offerings put in the um the pool up at the temple probably should leave them be for luck (laughs) (laughs) is there a quotation around luck in her voice um, not a quotation so much as like, you know, folklore, like you don't, 
if, if somebody makes a wish on something or that if it's a genuine, a genuine, a genuine offering for something, a sacrifice, then, then grabbing that sacrifice, which is intended to, intended for the gods or the divine that you're, you're sacrificing to might be a bad idea. A bit like hubris, right? Oh, okay. You're tempting fate, you might say. So Ari just said that you need to uh, duck out in, in about nine minutes to have dinner. Uh, is it okay for everyone to wrap then? It might be, be final struggle thing up. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, pretty late. <laughs> that might be a good wrapping point. If, oh, okay, okay. If we could Fair take enough. it just a few minutes forward to uh, our dramatic cliffhanger. <laughs> as sure, typical. Okay. What, what happens then is, uh, well, you know, Pyramon will just say that, and then she will walk over to the grate, and she will look down and say, well, I see no other way forward except this, but I very much doubt I could lift this. And she looks pointedly to Raldir. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pack mule, come here. <laughs> fine, fine. But, but... I hope there's not another cross uh, beneath this, but uh, all right. I'm going to lift it. <laughs> okay. It's going to be an ob four to lift it, uh, and you only have four dice. So you, you're probably going to need some help to do it without incident, I should say. I, I could help, I guess. First, I let him try it alone and do the uh, and then I, I go, okay, I guess I'll help. <laughs> <laughs> so you have two people helping you. Wow, okay. Look at look at the uh, noble pitching and lifting heavy things. Trying, trying. Okay, so uh, let's let's have Ralder roll, uh, and you get to roll six dice. And this Damn. is six dice, and you need four successes to do this without incident. Okay, so uh, sixty-six. That's three successes. Yes. Now you see that, that there are two sixes. If you wish, you could spend one fate point to explode those sixes and uh, potentially reach the four, the number four you need. Um, Please. <laughs> yeah, don't. I think <laughs> it would fade him pretty ill if the, the thing would uh, fall on the feet of the noble, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Two another dice and one Yay. success, so that's four. Congratulations. Together, you manage to the three of you. You manage to lift the grate. It's it's much um, thicker than you first guessed. Heavier too, and you you know lift it up and drag it oh, across the floor to to reveal this um, two and a half feet by two and a half feet um, shaft, right where the water is pouring down. And you can see that it goes down into darkness, uh, and there are like hand and footholds carved into the wall in the shaft. Huh. The leader of your sect must have been pretty spry. It's a lot of work. I don't suppose anyone came down here very often, she says. Clearly unsure, as if, you know, these, there are tons of things here, here that she didn't even know about, and it's a bit confusing. She says, well, since you are doing such a good job already, why don't you climb down and check it out? She looks again at Radler. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'll do so once I can feel my fingers again and it looks <laughs> at his <laughs> mittens and tries them. to move them. <laughs> <laughs> I well. don't suppose there's any way you could uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, uh, tie a rope around me to keep me from falling to my death? Should I slip? Uh, you have traveling gear, so you have a rope, so you can just ask someone to, you know, absolutely, uh, the, you know, 
We have this large grate we can tie it to. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so, uh, Roder will um, tie the uh, rope around um, his waist or uh, fasten it to his belt and wipe off uh, his mittens. Um, well, if he finds uh, <laughs> a still um, a piece of cloth that's too damp and one more thing, could we maybe uh, drop a torch or something down there so I can see the footsteps? In the oh, you you can see them so far, and oh, okay. you, you'll be able to see them for for a while. But I mean, you could drop something else down if you want to know how deep it is. Uh, as long as it's, uh, there's light until the end of the uh, all down towards the button. Uh... You don't see a bottom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you could bring it uh, one of the lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So lantern to a rope and lower it down. Yeah. So All right. Fasten uh, the lantern to his belt as well, and begins climbing down there. All right. So all the all the time, you, you know, you swing down and you take a few steps uh, or the few a few you know climbs down. Uh, the water is running over you, over your head, uh, over your shoulders. Uh, you're getting drenched. It's icy cold. But for some reason, it doesn't make you feel numb. In fact, it's almost, you know, that feeling you have when you jump into an icy lake, then you step out and your all your entire body is going, I am surviving. And, you know, your your uh, uh, circulation is way up and you start feeling super warm. Right. And this sort of it's that, but it's also a pleasant sensation, almost like, wow, I can feel my fingers again. Oh, this is nice. Very strange. And it's uh, holy water or something. Almost like it's holy water. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only I knew that. <laughs> At one point, Roger will stick his tongue out and have a little sip of the water. Oh, it's so quenching. It's it's almost like you had had a meal. Mm. So it doesn't taste the sulfur from the hot springs? Nope, no sulfur. Oh, that's pleasant. It's sweet and lovely. It's It's clearly from a different source. <laughs> While you're doing that, since you don't have climbing, let's have a beginner's luck climb test. Since you're being splashed <laughs> with water and, and it's slippery yeah. hand and footholds. So that would Can be four dice. Can I fork ridiculous request? Uh, twice. Can you do what? I'm sorry? My forte is a ridic ridiculous request wise. Isn't it pretty ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll, I'll allow you to, to have that fork. <laughs> okay, so what I'm rolling here? Uh, so pick up five dice, and I want you to uh, get two or more successes to successfully just climb down. Okay. And we're almost at the end of the session here. Three successes. Ta-da! You do it. Uh, even though you were temporarily <laughs> distracted by the delightful spring water. So you climb down the steps. It gets darker and darker. Um, but you, of course, you have your lantern. You climb down about... Oh, 30 feet. It's about, oh. uh, you, you have to actually untie the rope after a while because it's not long enough. But yeah, after about 30 feet, you notice a 75 times 75 centimeter, uh, sort of, um, square opening in the wall across from you. So you have to actually turn around and reach it, right? To get at it. And peering into it, you see a giant dragon's head staring at you from a few meters away. It's ah. 
nostrils are smoking its eyes are gleaming and glittering its 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 uh scales are glittering darkly green in in the in the gloom and there's a there's an audible whoosh and that's where we're going to leave you yay <laughs> staring into a dragon's face <laughs> All right, so um, according to my clock, we're one minute past um, Ari's uh, dinner time, so I hope that's okay. I will see you guys later. Good night, Ari. Good night. Well, as for the rest of you, how, was this okay? Where did oh. where did it sort of not work? I think it all worked. Uh, what I kind of like about this is it, it isn't a dice fest. It, it's like there's this creepy journey and discovery thing there's this little bit of distrust flashing from person to person <laughs> I, I really like that vibe it's like we're, we're all here we're, we're we're all on the same team maybe with air quotes around that but but we all have our own agendas as well oh yeah so i'm, I'm enjoying that immensely but uh much like airy i have to uh skedaddle as well because so y'all take care. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'll, I'll blab blather on, about this on the forum instead. So you can you can all go sleep or do whatever you need to do. <laughs> Thank you for uh, playing. Thanks for joining us, Florian. Yes. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me and for uh, starting a few hours later. No problem. <laughs> bye bye for now, guys. So I was going to say too. Great minds think alike. <laughs> <laughs> What's that other, uh, you know, uh, this is the second part. What's the second part again? There's no second part. <laughs> There's no second part. <laughs> and fools seldom differ. Was that it? <laughs> yes, but I didn't want you to remember that, so I said there's no second part. If you want to contact us, we have a Facebook page. We started a Google Plus community. There's our forums, sundayskypers.freeforums.org. There's email, sundayskypers at zoho.com. That's sundayskypers, all one word, at zoho.com. And of course, there's always telepathy.